The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight. And thanks so much for being here on Community Spotlight this week. I'm Braxton, your host. This is a conversation that I am just super excited to have because it meets a specific need in the Asheville area. And if you've listened to Community Spotlight before, that's what we do. We want to discuss things that meet needs of our community. And this is kind of just a natural, perfect fit for uh, Community Spotlight on the Light FM. I want to introduce our guest this week. Uh, we have Dr. Gene Freeman, Superintendent, Asheville City Schools. Hey, Gene, thanks for coming on. Thank you. We got David Nash, Executive Director of the Asheville Housing Authority. David, thanks for coming. Glad to be here. And Robbie Russell, Senior Vice President of First National Bank Asheville. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Braxton. Good to be here. Uh, full house in the studio today, and we got a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. First, I want to say uh, this, uh, this initiative is the Asheville Internet Connectivity Project that is providing high-speed internet to more than 1,000 households in the Asheville area, so families that could not otherwise afford a Wi-Fi inter- or internet uh, makes it available to them. Uh, for kids in school that are doing it from home or parents that are working, Um, anyone. It kind of runs the gamut for folks who would not be able to afford Wi-Fi or internet and makes it about $5 a month for these individuals. So it's really a great project. And I want to go to Eugene first, um, just to kind of talk about the issue at hand and just cover before, I guess even before COVID started is where we should start. You know, it was something that I think probably was known, uh, but it wasn't a massive need. And then COVID accelerated the process, right? Yeah, um, I, I think COVID really was the impetus uh, by which uh, the idea kind of sprung into the minds of so many people. We uh, we were having kids that were being taught virtually. Uh, many of the children didn't have internet, so we were supplying hotspots to them, but uh, we found that sort of burdensome, and um, sometimes the hotspots were slow, they were being lost, and uh, it was just difficult for kids to really use them efficiently and so they were losing instructional time. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that same moment, uh, I attended a meeting uh, with county commissioners, our housing development, and some other folks. And the conversation came up about Wi-Fi in the community. And when was this? Uh, that was probably uh, September, August or September, September somewhere in that sure. that time frame. 2020? Uh, 2020, yes. 2020, okay. And then what happened from there? Like you had those conversations and... Well, we were we were having the conversation and um, some of the partners were talking about they'd been working on this for uh, six or seven years. And uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Gene Bell, who is a, uh, a real advocate for uh, equity in uh, the city of Asheville, uh, really had all the details worked out. And he was just waiting for partnership with uh, with, with one of the municipalities to do this. And... I just thought, here's a man who certainly seems to know what he's talking about. And um, after the meeting, uh, I made a phone call to him, and I met David Nash through uh, a colleague of mine. And so we just started talking, how can we best serve our students that don't have this advocacy at home? And that's when the idea came up of, could we get Wi-Fi in our um, housing developments? Uh, which does have the greatest number of kids in need in terms of population. There are other kids also, sure. but this was a concentrated uh, group of children that we could really focus on and possibly get something done. Yeah, and then it just grew from there, and just it, it became what it is today, over a 1,000 households. 
And, and Robbie, I kind of I kind of want to go to you about just how things started. You know, it was something that Jeans uh, talked about for years. I think you said seven or eight years, and. Um, but I then, only talked about it for four months. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk about things for years. <laughs> You're the closer. You come. Yes, you right. got to have a starting pitcher out there, but you got to have somebody to finish it too. Yeah. So you came in and did that. So we appreciate that. But, um, but Robbie, just kind of, I guess, tell the story of of where you came in and the role that you played in this movement and the initiative starting. Sure. Thanks, Braxton. I would say after the George Floyd incident, it was a group of business leaders and and community leaders that decided to come together and figure out a way with which we could bring about equity and equality here in Asheville. And clearly, we felt that there were some initiatives and some work that we could do to help shepherd that process. And it was Gene Bell that brought this initiative to the group and said, how can we improve or bring about internet to Mm -hmm. low-wealth communities, primarily housing authority communities? Uh, He had worked, I think, tirelessly to get broadband to the community centers in many of these locations, but unfortunately, because of COVID, you couldn't gather. Yeah. And you had to stay separated, and that was just not a possibility. And so in the banking business, uh, I knew of a company, Skyrunner with Art Mandler, who was installing wireless internet in the community. And so I called Art, and he was just thrilled to be a part of this project. Yeah. And he put together some numbers. I remember meeting with David Nash and some others that came out. And David, I can't remember the group that, uh, it's, I think it's a governmental group that uh, provides broadband as well. They were somewhat of a partner with us. Um, and we met at one of the housing authority communities. And Art went through the buildings and did some test runs and said, I think this can happen. I think this can work. What I loved about Art, too, was he reached to Green Opportunities, which is a nonprofit here that helps train individuals for jobs and hire 10 individuals from that organization to help install this project. And uh, it's worked extremely well. David, your perspective, your, your role in Housing Authority? I came into this meeting that they, uh, they've mentioned here and was this kind is of a big cold meeting. at that point. <laughs> I hadn't, uh, Gene Bell's my former boss and my predecessor at the Housing Authority, and we have talked about it over the years. The challenge has always been who pays for the ongoing um, service costs, and, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's the puzzle we couldn't resolve because we didn't have the authority to do that. Um, but, uh, but I came in, I listened, I agree that it's a very high priority. Um, and, and my role was to kind of, to, to do the technical parts of it, to, to put out a request for proposals, receive those in, um, Skyrunner definitely gave the best, uh, cost estimate. And then just kind of give information to the group about, okay, here's how much it's going to cost to install. Here's how much it's going to cost to operate it. Do we think we can do this as a community? And I think one thing that I discovered during the pandemic is the just the power of saying yes. Um, if a number of if a number of people get together and they see an issue, and everybody says yes, let's figure out how to do this. Um, it can be it can be done. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a great thing. So I said yes and uh, handled the technical end of it and worked with Art Mandler and JJ Boyd on the. Um, the design and helped them get them into the building so they could figure out how to do the installation and introduce them to the Green Opportunities crew mm-hmm. um, that's done some other work for us uh, on different different types of projects. Um, yeah. So, uh, and they really did the work. So I, I, the second 
the other group that I want to really lift up is uh, Skyrunner and mm-hmm. ERC, ERC is the um, the the broadband fiber optic uh, company locally nonprofit that that also um, provides that the most of the data flows over their network. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so started in November, finished in April. Was a, <laughs> I was amazed at how quickly they did it, and it was, it's great. And the residents love it. They love it. Yeah, it's. it's uh, I'd imagine. It's, yeah. I mean, it's stuff like that, you know, as you were alluding to, takes years, and it took a matter right. of months, which is amazing. There was a huge need, and they're able to meet it very quickly. I mean, it, it would be rare to find something that would happen faster than that. Right. And the funding, I think, is important. You know, uh, Robbie, I think this is something that you could speak to. Mm-hmm. You've been able to fund it for two years in the future already, and it's cost-effective, so cost-effective. I think it's 60000 a year to fund this project? Correct, and we were pleased that, again— uh, the Dogwood Health Trust and the Housing Authority, the city and the county, each put money in to really cover the infrastructure costs, the costs of actually installing the internet. And then in addition to that, we had folks like Rick Guthy and Wicked Weed that sponsored an entire year. Mm. The Glass Foundation provided $70,000 that covered another year. Um, so we're hopeful and optimistic that Either Dogwood Health Trust or other individuals, there's two other foundations that we're looking to approach that will cover the remaining two years. And our thought was, if we could cover the service for four years, hopefully between now and then, Congress would change the definition of what is qualified as a utility. Mm -hmm. Today, the internet isn't in that definition. So no federal dollars or government dollars can be used with vouchers to cover that cost. And so we wanted to make sure that no child within these residences uh, would lose internet service Mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form because it would affect their schoolwork, it would affect maybe telehealth. Uh, There are many ramifications uh, that would come about if that internet got shut off. Yeah, and I think what's also important too is these families don't have to apply for it. They don't have to jump through any loops or hoops or whatever to, to get this service. And it's not year to year. This is provided for them forever, you know, and that is huge uh, for this community. I also love just seeing the community come together and work on this. And like you said, say yes, and just find a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that's just, that's so unifying to see something like that in today's times. What kind of response have you guys seen from when people hear of this? Well, it's interesting because I would frequently follow up with Art Mandler as he was bringing different properties online. Uh, And he would obviously approach the individual residences there. And there was one lady that came and said, this is back in December, this is the best Christmas gift that I could have ever received. (laughs) He's he's good for about four more years, too. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah. I'm sure there are countless other stories from other residents. Mm-hmm. You guys have any any people you've talked to about this? Yes, uh, and and everybody that that we've talked to has has just been really pleased with the with the speed, the quality of the service, mm-hmm. and um, and you know the simplicity of it. They just connect their device, they get a password, they log in, and they're on the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I I you know. I, I just I'm sitting listening to these guys and 
I really almost get teary-eyed because, I, you know, what David just said about you get a group of people together and you can say yes and get it done. And, you know, we went into this with the singular agenda and it just worked out beautifully. Uh, people partnered and the focus was on what was best for kids. And there was never a conversation about what was best for adults. Yeah. And that's huge. It was so all I said was yes. And, and I got the school board to back the idea because it, it was something very different. And luckily, they believed in me. I, I went in this not knowing how we were going to pay for it or it just happened so easily. You know, you just ponder if the world could get people together like this to get things done, how much easier things would be. Yeah. I, again, David made this very easy. And, you know, he did say yes and he could have said no. Uh, and, and then Robbie, who I didn't know and I had not even met in person yet, came up with all the solutions how to continue this. It has just been a really great example of what a community can do when they focus on the agenda and get personalities out of it and what's best for the community. And when you talk about equity, broadband, uh, Wi-Fi access is a huge issue in equity mm -hmm. for children and for adults. I'm just really proud of these guys and everyone involved. And I can't say enough about uh, Gene Bell because he's another person that just gets things done. It's just been terrific. And it's a major accomplishment that I think everybody can be proud of. And I'm just really proud of everybody involved. Uh, I've always told David, I said, I wasn't sure I was going to like you, but now I love you. And, <laughs> and he felt the same way. What did you do? <laughs> uh, and Robbie yeah. just has been wonderful in taking the bulls by the horn and finding folks to continue this work. And our Asheville City Schools Foundation has been terrific with this. The municipalities that had worked so long came in very quickly. Dogwood, it's just been a real great example of teamwork and what you really can do if you want to talk about equity and getting things done. Yep. Uh, I'm just really proud of all the people involved. Yeah, I heard about this for the first time at four months ago, first of the year. And I, I want to commend you guys, all three of you. There's a lot of yeses in this room. I think when you face an issue like this, an initiative that you know needs to happen, so many people, so many times, you look at the work that needs to be done, you're like, oh boy, that's a lot. I don't know if I, I want to wash my hands and just kind of let somebody else do that. Mm -hmm. But not a single person in this room said that. And without those yeses, it wouldn't have happened. And so I, I, I commend all three of you for the work you've done and work you're going to continue to do. This is not done. Right. Um, so I, I, I can't thank you enough for the people in this community. Um, I'm sure I can speak for them and say thank you. Um, don't think words can describe the appreciation that people are going to have now and in the future uh, for this project. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think it's awesome. I, I love what you guys have done and uh, super thankful for uh, wrapping your arms around the community and the community coming together. Well, if anyone is interested in gathering more information. The Asheville City Schools Foundation with Copeland Rudolph is really the individual you should call if you're desiring to make a donation and would like, again, more information. Uh, we're funneling all funds through the Asheville City Schools Foundation on a go-forward basis. Okay. Well, guys, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, this has been really uh, great for me and 
uh, just super exciting. I think it's uh, there's so much energy uh, behind this. It's, uh, it's it's great to talk about something like this. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's community spotlight covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800-330-9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.